This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, companies are consistently focusing their efforts around profitability with some focus being on that of scale. How big or small do you want your company to be in order to reach the level of profitability you're looking for? That question is part of an upcoming Wharton Executive Education course with our next guest, Wharton's Gad Alon, who is a professor of operations, information, and decisions here at the school. Gad, great to talk to you again. Hi, then. Great to be here. Thank you. And I would imagine that the idea of scale and figuring out what that magic numbers are, that's a constantly ongoing process for firms because the dynamics change from quarter to quarter, correct? Exactly. So this is when we talk about scale, we talk about both infrastructure, we talk about people. Um, I'll just, you know, I'll talk about one example for like a few years ago, actually, um, Stripe, when they saw COVID starting and, and the number of transactions increased significantly online, hired significant number of people. And about a year ago, had to lay off 20% of them. And Patrick Collison, their CEO, went uh, on, online and, and wrote a, a nice letter saying, we made a mistake. We over-extrapolated and didn't realize that what we see now is temporary and not going to be the, the new reality. And so now we have to lay off. But this balance is not only when you think about events like COVID, this is something you do continuously. Whenever you see an economic signal, you ask yourself, is this a new reality, good or bad? And does that mean that we need to now hire more people, potentially slow down hiring, or should we maybe even lay off people? So these questions are, is the question of scale both people and infrastructure is an ongoing question for almost every firm that I know. And then when you think about a, a, an area like retail, uh, this fourth quarter of the year is the time that they really think about scale a lot. Companies like Amazon and other retailers, because they're looking to bring on employees part time for that three month window so that they can you know, achieve max profitability on their bottom line heading uh, through the end of the year. Exactly. So, you know, we can take uh, Amazon as an example. Amazon announced about a few weeks ago, uh, that they are planning to hire 250,000 employees, part-time, casual employees for just the holiday season. Now, if you think about Amazon, what's the main idea here? Amazon knows this is really the time where people spend many of the like product toys, for example, 99% of the toys are sold during that time of the year. Uh, Amazon 6Xs overall volume of retail during the season doing specifically the time from Thanksgiving to New Year. And the question is the following, right? If you hire, if you don't hire so many employees and demand is great, you know, the economy is great and, and humming, a low unemployment, if you don't have enough people, you might lose the opportunity. They might see that their delivery might not be on time. They might go and pick it up from the local store, let's say from Walmart. At the same time, if the economy is hitting too much, and with inflation, people are saying, well, I might buy gifts, but maybe cheaper gifts, maybe fewer gifts. Now you have a significant number of people that are really not necessary. And since you have to make the decision before you know exactly how many people you need and what's the exact status of the economy, this is a tough decision. Right. Basically figuring on what might happen off of the estimates that a lot of economists may throw out, uh, you know, uh, six months before uh, that we're actually going to get into the season. Exactly. Exactly. Now, it's, it's not only about how good the economy is going to be, but also what type of customer you're going to meet. And so you can think about the situation where 
if customers are more deal-seeking, then Amazon knows how to be cheap. But then it usually does not mean next-day delivery, same-day delivery, in which case the majority of the people will be needed in the centralized location, in warehouses. At the same time, if people are going to be more in a splurgy mood, so to speak, and, and would like to buy things last mile, last minute, next day, then you need significantly more people in the areas that are closer to the customer. Well, again, last mile, on demand. Um, these are very, very different type of hiring, different locations, different costs, different skill set. And, and Amazon has to think about not only the aggregate number, but also where do you place them? Isn't this very much a learning process as well, year after year for a lot of the companies, especially in retail, because what a firm may experience, let's say 2019 pre-pandemic, was obviously going to be a lot different than what they experienced during the pandemic, during the holiday season in 2020. Yes. So that's a great example of thing where, again, Amazon shines. Over the years, Amazon already started hiring hundreds of thousands of people several years ago, increased that, then during COVID decreased and increased it back again as we went out of the pandemic. But you can see how the firm is becoming better and better in doing that. But also there is some aspects that you actually need to almost relearn. Uh, Amazon initially was very centralized. It was much easier to train these people as you bring them into a massive operation. As Amazon become more and more decentralized, I would say you can see that actually Amazon increases significantly the number of people they hire while their sales are not increasing at the same rate. So Amazon, in fact, realizes that probably there is some level of inefficiency and they need more people than they imagined. But Amazon seemingly, they are kind of the, the standout in terms of the digital economy, in terms of how much they do to bring on. Now, obviously, as you said before, their scale is a lot larger than a lot of other companies scale. So they have to kind of uh, they have to uh, to work with that. Yes, I mean, but you can see other firms are doing the same. I mean, I think Macy's, for example, announced, I think, hiring 30,000 people. Um, I, I think overall, this season is the important season for retail. And, and, and it's if you miss the opportunity uh, because people are continuously searching, and there are certain brands, right? If you're an Apple, for example, that people may wait until the season. They, they will wait a few more weeks if they really couldn't find the Apple Watch they want or the specific iPad. If you are selling re just pure retail, if you cannot find it on Amazon, you're going to go to Macy's, not Macy's, you're going to go to Walmart. So these firms know that during the holiday season, there isn't really an opportunity to make too many mistakes. I guess then the next question to ask is, because we have seen retailers spread out that holiday shopping period so much, is whether or not those decisions, like Amazon adding 250,000 employees, will come earlier and earlier, or will some of those decisions end up becoming full-time staff because you've stretched this season out so much? Yeah, so Amazon is being, a, I think, only mildly successful with that, right? We, we, we have Prime Day, but to a large extent, it's, in my opinion, lost its luster. I don't know really, the, I haven't seen the last numbers, but I don't think it's as impressive as it was in the past. Amazon had something in September, which was, their way of, of selling dead inventory, they claim, of course, was a consumer-facing activity, but, but it was very clear that it was primarily selling things that were just occupying too much space and capital. In China, it has been successful. Alibaba, Alibaba has been somewhat successful in doing that. I don't think in the U.S. I've seen firms that really significantly managed to alter the economics of the holidays. But the, the number for Amazon this year with 250,000, 
that seems like well and above what we've seen in the past, correct? And I, I think they've been in and around 100,000 when they've added people uh, at the holidays. This is just so far beyond what we've, what we've seen and expected from them. Yes, so so it is, and 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 primarily, well, Amazon already crossed two hundred thousand before once, but but it's not not to that level that we've seen before to to two hundred fifty. But also, one has to say, Amazon also grew quite a bit over the last few years. I think one one number to think about: Amazon started COVID with around seven hundred fifty thousand employees. They finished COVID when, when I mean at least the period that we call the main pandemic with a million and a half people. So Amazon also yeah. doubled over the last few years. Uh, this is part of a transition uh, where I mentioned that a few seconds ago, where Amazon moved from being extremely centralized, yeah. where many of these efficiencies are actually built, to being extremely decentralized. There are now 90 metropolitans in the US where when you place an order, within 11 minutes, it's ready to be shipped. Some of that is automation. To a large extent, this is very human labor driven. And, and so Amazon, the reason Amazon is going so much abroad is that, is that their demand increased, their scale increased, but also their inefficiencies increased. Actually, if you look at Amazon, uh, for example, shipping costs as percentage of revenues or fulfillment costs as percentage of revenues, which are both indicators of efficiencies, since 2010 all the way to now, we're talking about the 13-year stretch, every year Amazon is becoming less and less efficient. So the fact that they go and need so many employees is driven to some extent also by the fact that it's just not as efficient as it was initially. And of course, they're a company that has so many more uh, kind of sectors under the larger umbrella than other companies uh, as well do. So they're, they're almost a little bit of a unicorn in this, in this entire process. Very, very much so. I mean, I think their, their ability to really delve into, and I'm talking about, just if we talk about retail, Amazon has this fulfilled by Amazon and this notion of supply chain by Amazon, where Amazon actually by now uses the infrastructure that was built initially just to support inventory of, of Amazon's inventory and support fulfillment to by now support everything from fish magnets to uh, school supplies to almost everything you can imagine. How much do companies then have to focus on not only that window, it, it, using the retail example during the holidays, of bringing those employees on, but those inefficiencies that you talked about and, and kind of making that adjustment for the next year. Yeah, so you, it's, it's interesting you say that because if you look at what Andy Jassy, the, the new CEO, not new by now, from 2021, uh, talking about is that part of the legacy of what he got was the, the firm was growing very, very fast, continuously being built on growth. But now his job is to realize many of these, inefe many of these inefficiencies and to try to convert them. So a big part of what he did over the last year at least, is try to build inefficiencies, build efficiencies into that. So for example, Amazon, as it doubled its number of employees, also doubled its warehouse space. You see them actually calibrating that, recalibrating that to address the fact that if you continue and acquire more of these, you're just never going to be profitable at the level of profitability needed to sustain their stock prices. And I guess it's safe to say that as we continue to move forward into the future and technology plays an even bigger role and AI comes uh, forward even more so that a lot of these dynamics have the chance to be impacted moving forward as well. Yes. And, and, and here there's actually an interesting video that released a few days ago by NVIDIA. One of the key challenges for Amazon is that their picking and packing process is extremely inefficient done by people, but even worse if it's done by robots. 
Even the most successful robot that Amazon has, the Sparrow, can only address 65% of Amazon's SKUs. NVIDIA released actually a video on Friday where there is a robot, of course, aided by AI that has a very nice dexterity. Dexterity is really what robots were missing to try to do the type of jobs that Amazon needs because we need something that can pick up an, an, an iPhone, a pen, a water bottle without breaking any of them. And at this point, we just don't have such a robot. But I think we are finally on pace to have one maybe in a few years. What do you think then is kind of the future for these thought processes around scaling? Where, where are we headed with all of this right now? So here comes the, the question, right? I mean, I think like if these robots are going to remain expensive as they are now, then for a firm like Amazon, you ask yourself, do I want to have a, a robot that is only 15% utilized throughout the year, only in the holiday season? Right. It's easier to hire people. If robots are becoming cheaper and cheaper and people are becoming more and more expensive, we're going to get to the point where there is a switchover, in particular, if robots can continue to learn. At this point, when you get a robot, you get a technology that's set if robots can continue to learn and address the significant increase in variety and speed needed, we will see a significant change. We will see people moving off these massive warehouses, which will, over time, I think will be beneficial for everybody. But at least in the short term, I don't see it as a, as a viable solution. Gad, great to talk to you again. Thanks very much for your time today. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you. Gad Alon, who is a professor of operations, information, and decisions here at the Wharton School. And as we mentioned, this is going to be the discussion in an upcoming Wharton Executive Education course on scaling business to profitable, for profitable growth that will be occurring in mid-November. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.